everybody, John Richards, a cut above horror review. We are on episode number 11. Hard to believe. Yeah, we're already here. Uh, we are talking about a movie from 2019 called Ready or Not, kind of this uh, hunt or be hunted movie. I think we had a lot of fun with this one, so uh, thank you so much for listening to A Cut Above Horror Review, Episode 11, Ready or Not, from 2019. We'll start it right about now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening, and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing Ready or Not from 2019. But first, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, let's say hello to Hyderberg. How's it going, Hyderberg? What's going on, guys? John, Jacqueline, how's everybody doing? Good, <laughs> thanks. How's your uh, week been? Good. How was your birthday? It was very nice. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, nothing extravagant, but um, some good movies, some good food, really good cake, really good cake, actually. Um, and yeah, it was a chocolate cheesecake. Ooh. It was pretty rad. <laughs> I ate a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> How you doing, Hyderberg? What's new? On, on your Peloton right now, right? Nah, I should be, but no. <laughs> what were you saying? I was just saying I wanted to know how your week was. Uh, not bad. I've seen a couple more. I seen Shang Chi last weekend. IMAX, cool. pretty fun. Oh, cool! Is it an IMAX? That's awesome. Yeah, I saw it on IMAX with my buddy. Um, I watched Malignant this weekend. I have thoughts. You have thoughts? Should we cover yeah, it so gonna, we can hear all your thoughts? I'm gonna review. I'm gonna. Nah, I don't know. I don't know if we should go out of our way to cover it, but we could cover it. Obviously, it's a horror movie, and I've been watching some um, James Bond movies to get prepared oh, for cool. the new one. I kind of, I saw the trailer for the new one. I was like, you know what, that's fun. Okay. And I haven't seen the last one. So I'm like, I'm going back. What was the last one? I forget. Spectre. I never saw that one. Mm. So I watched Casino Royale and I fell asleep on Quantum of Silence like twice. Oh no. Well, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think maybe that was the last one I saw, Casino Royale. Uh, I didn't see Spectre either. Um, so. Skyfall is really good. Javier Bardem's on that. All right, I'll give it a try. Well, let's not forget about John. Oh, Hello, yeah. John. What's oh, going wait. on? I, I, I'm on the show too. <laughs> Hold I on guess, a second. I do get to tell everybody that <clears throat> doesn't get privy to when we first start the Zoom call. Uh, Hydraberg and I actually sang happy birthday, to Jacqueline. So, Jacqueline, uh, very happy birthday to you. I'm glad you got to celebrate it. Uh, and we had a great episode last week. I don't know if you got to hear my uh, little niece do our intro, but uh, that I was I did. Fun. That was so sweet. Was I awesome. like hearing that. That was very sweet. Yeah. yeah she, well, thanks for the... Absolutely. I, I, I think the thing is, is that, um, you know, she... Uh, I saw her this past weekend and she's like, um, Uncle John can I be on the podcast again? I'm like, sweetie, absolutely. You can be on the podcast again. If you guys are cool yeah. with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's adorable. Yes, definitely. I'm not good Is at she a little... curving my language around children though. No, well, we'll just have her do the intro. I think. All right. <laughs> is she a little budding horror fan? I think she is. I think she's starting to become that way. You know, <clears throat> my language for that. Uh, of course it's, it's my brother, Paul's daughter. 
So who created our uh, oh, anything our, our, our logo. So yeah, I think she is a budding horror fan for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Well, and, and he Jeff- also wanted he also wanted to hear us talk about zombievers. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and and Jacqueline, uh, again, I know Hydroberg head on it, but uh, how are you doing? How was your week? You, you had a good week? It was a good mm-hmm. week, yeah. I celebrated my birthday last weekend. Um, it's the last year of my 30s. So I may oh, I may stay shit. I may stay 39 for the foreseeable coming <laughs> years. <laughs> it's funny. So next year, when I have to take a, a weekend off to celebrate my birthday, and I come back, I'll probably tell you I'm 39 again. So <laughs> Jacqueline's going to stay 39 for the next seven or eight years. I think. Mm-hmm. I think safe to say. Mm-hmm. And maybe by the time I turn 50, then I'll I'll reach 40. <laughs> yeah, because by then it's like 50 is the new 40. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. Well, so, I, I got to tell you guys, I have zero horror movie news. I know that uh, Hydraberg, uh, you saw Malignant. Um, yeah, I watched it at home. Okay. I was going to go to the theater, and then I saw that it was on HBO, and I already paid for the subscription, so I'm like, I'm going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you might as okay. well watch it at home. Did you watch it, John? I, I didn't. I mean, I think it's something that we are actually probably going to do here in the next couple of weeks. But Hydraberg, like, like, what did you feel about it? Was it like good, bad? It's a movie. Did it suck? It's a movie. Okay. It's a movie. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just leaning in. Everybody's so de- divisive right now with uh, this movie. It's uh, quite con- it's, controversial from what I hear. Yeah, it's, it's like a campy 90s film, but I guess on purpose. It's shot okay. with a higher budget. but And then like there's some stuff that just happens later on in the film that's, you know, it's cool. There's some cool stuff going on, but overall, it's not the James Wan I feel like people wanted to see on the big screen or on the mm-hmm. TV at all as a new mm-hmm. when, Him in the directing seat, you're like primed. You're like, yes, he's going to give us something to really kind of get scared about. And like, this right. doesn't do it. Oh, wow. Hmm. Well, I still kind of want to watch it just so that yeah, I can should. see where I come down on this debate because there's been a lot of back and forth about it um, amongst our, our little community. So, that's why I watched it like as sooner than later. Yeah, I I think I'm a little more excited about the two other movies that came out were uh, Candyman and then uh, Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. So those be. those to me like like seem a lot more exciting. So I, I don't know. I haven't seen them yet. But... The Nighthouse too, mm-hmm. if you can see that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you were talking about that uh, two weeks ago, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Antlers. I'm still waiting for Antlers to come out soon, right? Who directed that? I, I know that. Um, uh, I'm not I positive. Oh, I think Antlers was the guy who did uh, Channel Zero. I can't remember his name though. Oh. Hmm. Who know. did Last Night in Soho? I know it's somebody I like, but I can't remember. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and okay. the tra- I saw that trailer in like a, a movie theater, and it, man, that trailer looked really nice. It looked bizarre and awesome. And um, yeah. is that going to be? Do you know? Do you guys know if that's going to be streaming or is it just in theaters for right now? I don't know. I think it's going to stream. Yeah, I I think most movies are going to be streaming on like HBO Max or whatever. But I mean, to me, it's just it. it, Like when *Malignant* was first talked about, it was called like *Silver Cup* or something like that. It was supposed to be like James Wan's uh, *Giallo* film. I had Uh, heard something about that. Yeah, but, but when I saw the trailer of of *Malignant*, I was like, no, this is just more of a supernatural movie. Um, without giving too much away, and um, 
I think I really think that last night in Soho feels more like a, a Jalo film than anything else because of the colors and, 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 you know, switching back and forth, but I'm really, really uh, intrigued to see it. Me too. Uh, last night in Soho definitely has like some Hitchcockian vibes. It looks like too. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, since there's there's not too much news to talk about other than just touching on these new release films that some of us have seen some of and others <laughs> not touching so on things you guys want to reach out or yes, no, I would like uh, to well, I'd no, like... no, here's what here's what I want is I want Jacqueline to tell us exactly why oh, yeah. she picked this movie. That's right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. And we are. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, I so. think I picked this movie because um, I had not seen it before, uh, just okay. like some of my other picks in the past not all of them but some of them and I wanted a reason to take the time to watch it because I have so little time and so if I can watch it for the podcast then hey there you go uh it's a movie that I've heard uh the the straight chillin fans listeners uh talk about a lot on the slack and the the boys on the podcast I've heard them talk about a lot I feel like I've heard a lot of acclaim for it in general Mm -hmm. and uh Seems like something I just wanted to know what people were talking about. So I thought I would pick it so I could have a reason to watch it. And that's that. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. it. That's the reason why. All right. In a uh, nutshell, I wanted, well, I, did, I hadn't seen it. I mean, that's I why I ended it. up watching it. Because I don't well, have, like buzz around it. Let's, yeah. go, let's go into the deep dive about what we thought about this movie. Because I, I, I don't know what you guys think because we haven't, we haven't talked a lot about this movie just because a lot of stuff has been going on. So let's, uh, let's do the hydrobrate reach around plot, dude. All right. I got a short one here. All right. Short, but sweet. Like the marriage between Alex and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. Gather around to play a game with a family of board game fame on your wedding day. Wow. Such a shame. This ritual may cause a strain on Alex Grace and Anne Helene. Great granddad solved the puzzle box. So Ladamus hunts Grace like a fox. Ready or not, you'll hide and seek. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Wonderful. Ooh, very nice. Very well I done. Think, I think that on the one year anniversary of the show, we should publish a collect a collection of Hyderberg's reach around plot synopses in a book form. I don't think we should do it. Should be all audio. Every single movie that we do, I think we need to do it audio wise. Like little, little cuts of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like throughout the one year anniversary. It could be a book that comes with the download. <laughs> right? You get the book. I and think you get so. The download code comes with the audio logs as well. I think people would buy that. I, I do. I do too. It's art. I do Seriously, too. Seriously, it's it's art. I love your reach around plot synopsis. So yeah, good. We, we all love it. Um, I'm going to give a real quick uh, 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 spoiler alert. We're talking about Ready or Not from 2019. If you have not seen this movie, pause pod, podcast, go watch it, and then come back to the podcast to find out what we thought about it. And uh, Jacqueline, birthday girl, initial yep. thoughts of Ready or Not. Initial, <laughs> initial <laughs> thoughts. Um, really fun aesthetic, not a movie that is too serious or depressing. It has kind of a fun vibe to it, you know, like a lot of slashers, um, really visually appealing with bright, rich colors. Uh, there's, 
little bit of humor sprinkled throughout. I love me some Samara weaving. Um, my mm. daughter's name is Samara, not necessarily named after her, but still. Um, the ring. I'm always fun. I'm yes. May, I mean, maybe. Don't tell my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I like anybody named Samara and I, I've loved her and everything I've ever seen her in. And so I was not disappointed by her performance. I like a movie with some subtext to it, you know, a, like a moral or a message or something else that's going on beneath the surface. Um, I don't know that that message was necessarily all that complex, but um, overall it was a fun ride. And I'll, I'll wait until we really get into it to, to share more. Uh, Hydraberg, what about you? Uh, without giving my, uh, my review away, yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. I would definitely recommend it to almost anybody that likes horror movies. It's a fun, easy watch. Uh, it's like a revenge tale or sort of a bend of that, you know? And it's, um, it's different. I like it. And like you said, aesthetically, it's like really pleasing to the eyes. It's got a nice vibe to it. And uh all the characters are really well uh, played. It's got yes. an ensemble cast. What about you, John? Uh, I, I, I tell you right now, I, I agree with you both. I think this movie was aesthetically pleasing, um, just the way it looked. Um, I would actually recommend this to anybody because you can almost call it an action film with uh, quite a bit of gore. Um, the girl I'm seeing right now, it, she she watched it and loved it <laughs> she yeah, actually, great she, a, she absolutely loved the movie and i'm just like okay so i'm not the only one that loved this movie you know being a horror movie fan um <clears throat> god damn this movie was like fucking uh it was fun i i, I don't know how else to describe it the acting was way. it was kind of like the acting was like 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 above par not subpar but the, the acting yeah. was was good and everybody mm -hmm. played their part just kind of perfectly uh this is not a perfect movie but um you know sharon liked it she's looking at me and, and <laughs> she's smiling like she liked it so there you go all right cool now, what are Sharon's usual thoughts on horror movies? Like, does she like them? Does she avoid them? Is she like a lukewarm fan? Hold what's what's I'll, her general? I'll... Oh, is she going to join? No, she's not. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't like she didn't like horror movies. She's like looking at me like and turning all red. All right, no, she <laughs> like doesn't like said, horror movies. <laughs> she does not. No, I, I, like I, overly I, I think I think what it was is like they, there was there was quite a bit of gore, but. I think there was enough fun in this movie that a lot of this is like for not a general art audience, but not, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you can enjoy this movie even if you're not a horror fan. Yeah, you can. I agree. I think it's kind of a crowd pleaser. I think it's not too rough. Like it's not too brutal in the, um, you know, the, the horror aspects of it. It's not, I mean, there's some gore, but, well, okay. there's a dark there's, comedy there's bent to it, though. The element. There is a dark, yeah. There is. There's like right. a satirical dark comedy bent to it. There is some like there are some intense gore moments, but I yeah. wouldn't say it's gory throughout. It's not like a saw movie. Um, but I feel like it could be a general crowd pleaser. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have that torture porn feel to it, eh? but but no, it also no. has a, a, enough gore to where it's like 
somebody will close their eyes or, or, or cover their eyes with their hands and then, you know, enjoy the dialogue or whatever is going on. Enjoy the, um, the story that's going on because yeah. it's told really, really well. So yeah. I, yeah. I love the beginning, like the, um, the board games when they pan oh, yeah. through the, the house and you see the names, like their little, little uh, nods to, you know, they're kind of, they're not that subtle. Right. But they're just like the way it's like, the, yeah, but they're the not Giles Gambit, <clears throat> the family ritual family. Yeah. yeah they're not, yeah. they're not subtle. And uh, unless you're paying attention to them and Funny seen this movie multiple times is that you don't realize what's going on because definitely. It, you, you definitely see that. But, you know, I, I, I thought the beginning, kill was was very important wow. and I, I think people would like under, uh, understand that of because you know the ant the crazy ant with the white hair was just like oh, mm-hmm. you know i didn't realize that i was like this and then all of a sudden i had to kill my husband and boom husband's mm-hmm. dead so that scene is good it sets up a lot too i, I like how it does like i you agree get alex I think- and daniel's relationship Exactly. I think that's like the most important thing to get out of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're, you know, they're these innocent steaming small boys and you would expect them to look out for each other. And, you know, he seems relieved that his brother is there, but then he betrays him and you're like, Oh, so, so we're going that way. <laughs> okay. So this is how this family operates. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, well, it's Daniel very, protects it's, his brother, but he betrays the, the groom. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, the Daniel is the older brother, right? Yeah, he puts his brother Daniel. in. The, I don't know if he's older. Is he? He is. Yeah. So Daniel is the one played by Adam Brody as an adult. Okay. Is okay. that his name? Adam? Is that his name? Adam Brody or is it Adrian Brody? No, he's a, he he's the guy that plays in you on that you. To uh, oh, oh, no, the yeah, the guy, the guy in Netflix, he it's plays Adam. you. He plays you, Adam. Okay, yeah, you got it. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and I, like you're probably going to crucify me for this, but I have never seen the movie Clue. Oh, and... oh. <laughs> so I was I hoping you did because I, I haven't a... seen it in a long time, but I know that this movie has a lot of those vibes. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I was going to ask. I've never, I've never seen it, but I have like seen very brief little clips of it here and there. And I was wondering, does this movie have a clue vibe to it? Because I Absolutely. don't know, but it seemed like it. It seemed like it might. It just seems like more of an homage to to yeah. Clue because Clue, uh, if you've never seen it, it has multiple endings. But the way this movie played out was actually, it was kind of brilliant the way it played out that you don't know which way it's going to go. You know, mm-hmm. is, is, is Luke or, um, you know, what's his name? Alex. 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 Yeah. You don't know if he's going to go this way or this, that way, you know, the family's like all in on this. Except for Daniel too. You're like, what's Daniel's, you know, he's yeah, yeah. from when he was a kid. Well, exactly right, but 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 it also played into that trope of, you know, which way, who's going to be the good guy, who's going to be the bad guy, who who's the killer, who's not the killer, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, I think that's the way Clue plays out without spoiling anything. I think it anything. intentionally homages Clue. You know what I mean? It has that Clue vibe on purpose, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're running around a big mansion. They got all these old weapons and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Do There's the visuals... rooms like the study and the library and whatever. Mm-hmm. Do the visuals kind of echo the visuals in Clue as well? Not really. A little bit. No. I, I, I didn't feel that. Yeah, I, I I felt the I felt the idea of the story was there, but I yeah the visuals not so much. I mean, it's okay. just I and maybe it was a sign of the times. I guess that 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 was it. You know, Hydroberg, you might be right, but the thing is, is it it didn't feel that way to me. The vibe of like them in a mansion and like everybody running around, yes. like the family running around confused, shooting at like the wrong people, Emily killing the wrong person, like that is the stuff that reminds me of who a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's dark mm-hmm. outside. Who had like bad weather outside or whatever? Like, from what I remember, it's been a long time. But well, Family Guy did it too, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I think oh, it real? still works for this film. As I don't know exactly how much it's, you know, it's just not. It's it's not. It's tipping its cap to Clue. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what vibes I did kind of get while I was watching it was actually it reminded me a little bit of Your Next, directed by Adam Wingard. Do you guys feel that okay. too? 100%. 100%. I, it, I totally get it now that you said it. 100%. I got that vibe like like first time I saw it. Because like, I, I almost you. wonder, I was like, did Wingard direct this? Because I didn't pay attention to who, to who directed it at first. And I was like, did Wingard direct this? And it wasn't, but I, I thought maybe it was. I kind of love that the, the, the female uh, protagonist of this movie. I mean, just the way that she was. God damn. I don't know about you guys, but did you feel the acting was actually really good in this movie? In certain parts. There's some parts where it's not as good, but it's still, like you said before, it's like totally good. Not serviceable. Better than serviceable. Like, I disagree. I, I, I thought everybody played their part perfectly. Oh. Because, because you know, the dad was like the, the, the you know, the, the, the patriarch of, of this mm-hmm. family. And then Andy McDowell played her part perfectly because she was, was, she was was so conflicted, but then it was just like, no, you have to give into this honey. And and then yeah, like very sweet, but like you have to murder her. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, like to me, I thought every part was played perfectly. This is not a perfect movie. I I'm not going to give this a 10, but like the way everybody played their part was like so fantastic. And and Jacqueline, you said it at the beginning, you're a big fan of Samara Weaving. Like after this movie, you watch her. How can you not be a fan of her? I I think this was really a star turn by her. I think she really committed to this performance and went all out. Like she, I mean, I don't know how she did multiple takes and, and still had a voice left after yeah, did you hear that? I was gonna mention it later but did you hear that like cackle like howl that she has or whatever when she was screaming yes yeah, her voice kind of undulates yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean she, <laughs> I, I, Crazy. oh thanks for that <laughs> and now we're deaf um but what? yeah i thought what? she was she was exactly uh i thought she was really um believable as this kind of like fun sarcastic woman you know kind of in good times she was like kind of funny with Alex and everything um but then her fear her fear when she was being hunted was so 
palpable and believable. I mean, I, I bought it 100%. I Definitely. didn't feel like I was watching acting. I was just totally absorbed in her fate and what happened to her. Like, I just, I forgot that I was watching a movie. I was just, I cared about her as a person. Well, um, let me, and, let me, let me add to that real quick. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Jacqueline. But the right. thing was, is that she was adopted. So she wouldn't be accepted by a family. I mean, whether it was a, a wealthy family or whatever, she was adopted. So like, like her character arc was already there. Well, it's even it's even further than that. She wasn't adopted. She was a foster child. So she never had a permanent family. That, that's true. So, that's very true. Nobody, because like when an adopted child is chosen, you know, even though you've yeah, been abandoned by one family, you're chosen by another one. And she mm -hmm. was a foster child. And so she was never chosen. And that's but what it, I loved about her. Yeah. So, and I think that's a really heartfelt and relatable position to be in, to really be desperate for the love of a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, who, who can't relate to that? Absolutely. Yeah. And when oh, and she's the performances like betrayed. Real... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, oh I was, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were going back on that on that tag. But um, I just wanted to say while we're talking about performances, I actually didn't love Aunt Helene's performance. I thought it was a little too over the top. It kind of grated on me. That's just my opinion. I can see how people would would enjoy that that sort of portrayal, but it wasn't but, for me. Sorry, but Heidelberg. This, but no, 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 no. Hold on. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Heidelberg. But the thing was, is that 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 was the point of her character. Is yeah, that she was like she that. was she was all in. Um, she wasn't, and then you find find out later in the movie that that she was she had a really rough time to be able to kill her husband, but she's the one that killed him. So yeah. I mean, I, like the way she was like so crazy and just like so. She was a stickler comical. for the rules too. Yeah, exactly. I, she was like she was so comical about it, but she wasn't at the end of the movie. She wanted she was, somebody else to feel her pain that she felt since because exactly was the, right the last yeah, that, wedding that had happened too. So yeah, because that was the very last time that they played hide and seek. Yeah. So I guess so, so here's can I can I voice like one complaint yeah. that I have about this movie? Sure. So I, I get exactly what you guys are saying about her, how she's gone through this character arc. You know, she's the stickler for it now, but it, she used to be just the opposite, and she had to you know, do this terrible thing to her own husband. I think that sort of gets at something that bothers me about this movie is I get that it's kind of like satirical and a little on the campy side, like there's a little humor to it, but I, I find the premise to just not be believable. Um, like, I, I just find it really hard to accept that any member of the family would bring someone into this family knowing what could happen to them and be willing to go through it. I mean, it's just so unthinkable because Helene really seemed to love her husband and oh. Alex really seems to love Grace. And it just, it's like too far of a reach for me that they would even take a slight chance that they might have to kill their new spouse i mean what do you guys think i don't know it hardly ever happens though and <laughs> they're like the elite too so i mean i feel like i don't know like they want all the happiness they want everything in life so yeah they're gonna they're gonna get somebody to come into the fold and it seems like most people know what they're doing when they get involved grace did not and they yeah if it happens i guess maybe they'd be at a loss, but they don't care as much because, you know, they want to have the, the life that they want. They want to be rich and have 
the bride that they want or the husband or whatever. True. Well, yeah. And there's so, only a okay. small chance that they get that one game. If they don't, everybody's fine. Well, but we don't know how small of a chance. Like, we don't know how well, many games there are. Like, right. there might be three or there might be a hundred. We don't know. Um, but, I mean, it's like and, once you they, play but, the game, you're enveloped in this family now. So now you have the good thing. Is, too. Like, you're thing is, yeah, the thing is, is that they explain that away again as, you know, hey, I played Old Maid. What the fuck is yeah, Old Maid? Chess. You know, I played chess. And it's just like, no, I think they explain that away. I think I, I think it's just they fall in love and, with somebody and and they want them to be a part of the family. If you don't play the game, you die. So. Exactly. And like 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 willing to take that chance. So so for me, I didn't have a problem with with Grace being, you know, the sacrificial lamb. I'm sorry. And, and she did like fantastic in this movie, but it just didn't bother me as much because they said 30 years later and they, they showed the two young, uh, the two young kids, whatever their name was and hiding the younger kid in the closet. That was unexplainable to me. Why, why is he hiding in the closet or trying to hide his brother in the closet, even though they're trying to kill this spouse? That, that they're was scared. the problem. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. Me. Is that okay. So the, these two young children are a part of the family so why are, why is the youngest one being hidden in the closet or or the, or the armoire or whatever? Alex was the one that ended up growing up. Not you know he gets he gets away from the family for two years, so he had a real problem with the family, right? So like Daniel probably fell in. He knew it had to be done. He's a kid though, and he I get to I get that, brother. but but I don't think that was the theme of the movie. The theme of the movie was it's like somebody that marries into the family is going to die. So why was oh, yeah, he but Daniel him? feeling guilt and his protection towards his brother was a feeling of the movie. That's that fine. I and, and, and that was never explained later in the movie. The thing was is that anybody that marries into the family needs to play this game. So you have the possibility of playing hide seek and this is where you're going to die, or you could play old maid and you win mm-hmm. the game. You're fine. That was the problem but, with the movie. Uh, it, well, okay. So let me ask this: if okay. Uh, within the logic of the movie, if they just never got married, would they never have to play this game and thus never have to sacrifice anyone? Correct. They they wouldn't. Yeah. So then I think it's kind of selfish. Else. I think it's kind of selfish for these characters to voluntarily bring somebody into the family. Like, why don't you just like, you know, live together or something and not well, get married? Like, or if you're not, in the family just, like, already, who knows? Maybe you have to have that person. Hey, Jacqueline, are you married? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you in love with your husband? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's all. I, I like like for me, I didn't need that explanation. I needed the explanation why the kid was hidden into the armoire at the beginning of the movie. Okay, so you can explain a way that, that you fall in love with somebody. However, like being a part of this family, you have to play this game. Whether it's part cheesy, whether it's old maid, whatever it is, hide and seek. That's the problem with the movie. That's the problem with the theme of the movie is that, uh, okay, you're absolutely right. We can just live together. We don't have to get married. That's fine. But but <laughs> the brother info dumped on, on you later in the movie is like, no, we have to get married here. We have to like partake in our family ritual. You're right. So, so but- that was not explained. 
Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think it's just kind of like a little bit of rough planning of the story a little sure. bit. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's my point. That's my point. No, I, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So I would have liked to know how many, like, I would have liked to know exactly what the odds were of getting hide and seek as the game. Like, I would have liked to have known, were there a hundred possibilities, like one in a hundred chances, one in three chances, one in a million? Because well, I think that would have... Weddings have happened. Yeah. We don't know what the yeah. chance of pulling the card was, though, because some people didn't even play the game. No, everybody yeah. played the game. Everybody played the game. No, and they then... said some people didn't, didn't want to play at all, and they died like a day or a week later, they were dead. Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah. Oh, shit. So if you marry into the family, you have to play the game. You have to play. Yeah, play. you have to, or else you die like instantly, right? Like when yeah. dawn well, comes. Well, like within like in by coincidence, you're gonna end up dying within like the next day or so, or two days. Okay. Right. Yeah, I I feel like it would have informed our sense of danger. Like how risky was this? Like if if it was like a one in a million chance, and I might feel like, oh well, then maybe it's not such a bad idea to you know get married and bring somebody into the fold but if it's like oh there are only five games that that could pop up on this card that's more of a risk than i would be willing to take if it were my husband <laughs> yeah uh, yeah like i, I love, love my husband with the, the hide and seek hide and seek yeah yeah that was very cool it um yeah it sounded kind of like a weird dusty old timey kind of ditty <laughs> yeah i was creepy as shit Actually, it was, right? yeah, it was. It plays yeah. later on too, at the very end. Yeah. Yes, so. yeah. It reminds me a little bit of how they play tiptoe through the tulips in Insidious. Yeah. Uh, when they're in, when they're in the further. Yeah. Like the song itself doesn't sound menacing, but within the context of the film, you're like, oh, this is fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, I there was some good stuff with music too in this movie. Like when Grace is uh, meet, she meets the family, she picks the card and. They're all getting ready to play, and like, here comes the bride comes on again. It also comes on yeah. later on when the movie ends. Yeah, I agree. She's, like, that covered was... in bl blood and everything on fire. Like, there's some really good musical uh, cues. Oh yeah, when yeah. when the uh, the butler guy is like playing it, and at the end of the movie, it becomes more like like dark and like dun dun dun. dun. That scene with her and him in the kitchen was pretty good. I thought when she's trying to load the gun silently. It was, sort it was of very intense. intense. Yeah. yeah, very intense. I enjoyed that scene. It was, it was directed well. Here's the one thing I so, really loved about it was the was the practical effects until the end, and then yeah. the end just like just went off the rails. Oh, it went off the rails. Go ahead, Jacqueline. I'm sorry. I oh no, it's okay. I was I was just thinking about all the effects um, when you said that. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Oh no! Well, no. I was just when you said that, I was just I was picturing the people exploding and the blood going everywhere. It was, I don't know, kind of fun. We're talking uh, effects. Oh, so go ahead. Uh, well, the the scene with Stevens is the the guy in the kitchen, right? That she throws yeah. the boiling water on. Right. Yeah, I I loved the tension of that scene. Um, I thought it was super effective. I was kind of holding my breath yeah. throughout and like, you know, um. But I I'd, I'd like to hear y'all's take on the role of the servants in this, this movie because several of them get killed. Um, one one and, of them's like a stripper or sex workers. Yeah. Like a, uh, a go-go dancer. Jack, I know Do people still say that? 
I know where Jacqueline's going with this. They're all women, uh, right? No, that's not where I was going. Actually, um, I was what I'm going for is I find it really unusual that that more than one of the servants is willing to do the dirty work for this family. And like yeah. they're helping, they're trying to help the family capture the victim when they are, they themselves are not part of the family and don't really have anything to gain from this. It's almost it's like a sick, it's, it's like a sick loyalty to the family. And it reminded me, um, I don't, this might be like a, a stretch, but bear with me here. It reminded me of Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django Unchained, how he was like the house Negro who was, you know, super loyal to um, the owner, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. And he's trying to help him like capture Django or like whatever they're doing. Um, And he's like as dangerous to the protagonists as the white people are. And so I feel like this is almost kind of like an Uncle Tom situation where the the servants themselves are poor people they are they are poor people who are being like employed and used by these rich people and yet they're behaving as though they're like a part of the family and they're doing the dirty work for them in some parts like stevens why yeah like why is stevens going so hard to try to capture her he's not part of this i understand but, but but i also think that that the way they were killed off was so kind of cheap and and it felt a little misogynistic what the maids yeah because i mean they were killed by themselves or a woman no i understand that but i mean it was like so quick and like like stevens stevens got throw like hot water thrown on his face but he was like the like he were and we talked about it a couple weeks ago the tall man is like throw water on his face he's fine he's still driving the car and then you know um uh, Samara figured out a way to kick his ass, which was awesome. So I, I love the maids getting killed the way they did. I love how Emily the fuck up who's the whole time three kills were like 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 so and then um, the other maid kills herself through the dumb waiter. That's right. But well, I, I guess I, I guess I'm not talking so much about the servants who get killed, although that does illustrate that they're pretty that expendable. Might be a metaphor behind it. Yeah, so like the the maids are expendable to these people. Like they don't. Re- yeah. I mean, they're a little upset. Like, oh, she was my favorite one. Like, but they're yeah, not they really like. They're not like they're not like friends. Um, but they're like they're basically expendable. Like, oh no, we got to get rid of their bodies now. I'm talking more about the servants who are trying to help them hunt down Grace. Like Stevens is trying to help them hunt her down, and then yeah. the one who gets crushed in the dumbwaiter, she calls out, "She's here!" Like, why? why would they do something so evil they had like it's like they're pawns for the family the one maid looks like she saw the other two maids get killed so she thought that they were hunting down the maids or something because she seemed confused and then when samara tells her they're after me she goes oh and she then she tells her and then she yells like oh she's over here because she's like oh they're not after me that's when she tries to get out of the dumbwaiter or whatever and ends up but like why would she do that like why would she want to call them over there to kill her? Like it seems like to she kill the, Samara. Seems like her. oh, why would she? Yeah, why would she be so? Well, why would she? Like they they weren't over there in the first place. Why would she call them over there to come get Samara? Like why wouldn't she really just shut up family. and be like? I feel like we're supposed to assume that they're highly compensated for to turn a blind eye to half the shit that they see. 
Understood. But but I think the thing was is that like, she pushed the button to get down and she did yeah. not she did not climb yeah. back into the dumbwaiter. She she's just like they're here. Uh, like it's almost like she was sacrificing herself. Yeah. It seemed really? to I me. thought it was just I thought it was just shitty luck and I thought she yeah, was, was like kind of being uh, like punished for her like shitty actions. Like yeah. that was a shitty thing to do. That's what it was. She was trying to leave and but I guess Steven Stevens is really the biggest one here for me. Like he is actively going after her. Like he's driving the car to try to go get her and tranquilize her. Like, but what happened to that why, guy afterwards? I mean, did, did we see? He, he actually, well, he died in the crash. But so I have a know. problem with the crash too. Okay, I have go a ahead. Problem with oh, what, the crash. What's your problem with the crash? I think it's kind of cheesy that he's so into classical music that he plays it at that one opportune time <laughs> when she's behind him <laughs> and the family's on the phone and like turn the music down and then he crashes the car because she like come on, bro. like that just felt a little sloppy and forced. And then. I thought the camera shot was the same. I, it, I, it makes for a cool scene once they roll the car and stuff like that, but it just feels a little like, all right. Bro. Yeah, it, it felt dumb. Um, and to, to answer your question, that's why he's helping out the family because he's he's in the classical music. He's he's of the arts. Like he he is a refined man. He he's with what? these rich people. He's helping them out. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? I don't know. He's in the classical music. Maybe he feels like, hey, I'm part of this family right now. I'll help them out, murder people well, or sacrifice. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's like not in a racial way, but I think it's like an Uncle Tom kind of scenario. I could see where it's like they all work together. They're part of an they're part of an they're part of an oppressed class. Like they're part yeah. of a, a a poor class, like a lower class of people that have to take a job like this, and they are not part. They are not part of this family, despite how they might see themselves or behave towards the family and and yet they're helping do their dirty work for them and are to the detriment of this woman who's a victim okay i get that and and jacqueline i'm going to disagree because is that so this is the guy that survives till the end and then these other three completely expendable but this guy is like, like it almost seems like this guy has been a part of the family longer than the yeah. these other ones. Yeah, it does seem that way. He's actually um, in on it. The maids, I don't think, know what's going on. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's like one of them's reading a, a story to the kids. Let's keep them asleep because let's keep them asleep because we kind of know what's going on. The other one's like, um, oh, oh, yeah, I know where she's at, and then all of a sudden gets a freaking crossbow through her mouth and then the other one dies in a dumbwaiter because she's hiding she's hiding what why is she hiding but the 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 other guy's not hiding he's making tea and he gets smashed in the face so la, 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 la. <laughs> keep going keep There's going a lot of a lot of a lot of singing on this episode there is absolutely <laughs> i was mentioning before though that the crash how long after the crash it's like instantaneous that Daniel's there, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it a long time? Like, because the dad's on the video when right. Stevens crashes the car, and then right. he's there at the crash site all of a sudden. But they're off the ground. A, like, I, it, it, I thought I thought it was I thought he was already there. Yeah, I thought it was like simul. I no, thought it was like the instant. dad is at the house. I, I thought what they did with his family watching the video. I know, but I thought what they did with technology was perfect because it was like, oh wait. You know, 
Um, yes, the scar is being reported as stolen. We're going to shut it down. Oh, no, that was I, awesome. I thought, OnStar. Yeah, yeah I thought it was like, yeah, the OnStar type thing. And it was like perfect. And then how did Stevens get the car back on so fast? Like, also, I, I guess thought he maybe, took another, I thought he took another car to come get I it. I don't know. Like, they're back in another car at the same maybe. time. That was another little thing. Little, I, little. I, I wondered about that too. And so I just explained it to myself by assuming that he yeah, brought another logic. car to come to come get her because otherwise we would have had to see a conversation between the family and OnStar like oh the car's yeah. not actually stolen please resume it its on. you know functionality and I like I don't think that you can get that done in like five minutes no so, I don't I, I noticed that too I just assumed it was another car yeah it was just like sure. it just a couple stumbles here and there in the plot where I was just like eh, that could have been that could have been eased over a little bit better yeah probably a little, fun, little rough, rough, rough logic here and there. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say like, you know, this, this family has entered into this Faustian bargain, right? Like we'll sell you our yeah. souls in exchange for the success. And so I think it's pretty obvious to me that the, the theme of the movie is like the corruption and lack of humanity of wealthy people and their willingness to like step over or actually like stomp Onto. on yeah. The have the have nots to maintain what they have. Um, I don't know if there was anything deeper than that. I was kind of hoping for a little more to chew on. It didn't. I mean, it seems kind of like obvious to me. Well, I don't know. Did you guys see anything deeper in it that maybe I didn't pick up on? Yeah, I I, I didn't pick up on the have nots. I think it was just like they were selling their souls to the devil. So well, well just that they're willing to do, they're willing to do anything to maintain sure. what they have is, is really what I mean. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not, a, it's not an accident that this young woman is, um, I mean, she is a have not, she's like, she's without a family. And I think it's almost kind of necessary that it be that way because she, she doesn't have a family that would like miss her if she, if she disappears, you know, if yeah. they kill her. Um, so it's like pretty convenient that she doesn't really have any ties in the world. True. What did you think? So. Like so towards the end when it, when that starts wrapping up, like she starts fighting back, she finds the weapon. She's like puts her converses on and her like torn wedding dress. You see that image of her in the uh, mirror. It's pretty badass. So badass. Yeah, I right. love that. I yeah, love this too. Like, I love like this too. John, I was gonna say before, like I just one of the pluses of this film is just like, and why I think it's enjoyable even if you're not into horror. It's just like I feel like everybody really likes a, a like a, a female empowerment revenge film. You know, like yeah, like, there's just something powerful about them to see a woman like take back what's hers or something like that. You know, like Kill Bill or I don't know. It just it works. I I thought it worked because like her emotions like throughout the movie. Oh yeah. And then all of a all of a sudden she just goes, you know what, <laughs> I'm alone, and mm-hmm. she goes, yep, let's go, you know, rips yeah. off half her dress, she puts on her converse and starts kicking ass. So I I, I thought that was awesome. I agree. I love that. And Hydraberg, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think there's something really satisfying about seeing a really tough woman, especially one who's gorgeous, like Samara Weaving, just (laughs) kicks a major ass, get revenge on people who fucked her over and Mm -hmm. just do the damn thing. You know what I mean? I I totally agree. It's like really, it's really emotionally satisfying. Um, And actually there, there was an alternate ending that had her dying, but Uh. yeah, but, 
but they I'm decided glad to, they didn't go with that. I'm really glad they didn't too. I think this was the right ending. I think I would have been really pissed and felt cheated if she had died at the end. Like, God so, damn it, we went through all of this and then they win? No. We're getting towards the end. I, I, I thought it gets a little serious towards the end where like uh, Daniel's wife shoots him in the neck and he ends up dying, right? Like, um, Grace fights Alex's mom, who Annie McDowell was awesome in this movie. <laughs> she was so good great. to see her in. Yeah. And then, like, Grace destroys her with the box, like, smashes her skull in and says, like, I don't yeah, want to be a part does. of this fucking family or whatever. Fuck your family. And then Alex well, You, see, you see, see the blood and the hair, like, sticking yeah, out of it, which box. was awesome. Oh, my God. That was brutal. I mean, she yeah, like, And it town. happens off screen. Like, you don't really see it. But like nope. I said, you see the details of, like, the hair and, and stuff stuck to the box. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Alex walks in. And then, like, what do you think about the turn of Alex? Like, does that feel natural? That was the that, – that, 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 to me, was, like, an awesome twist. It, because yeah. you <clears> – they <clears throat> alluded to it earlier in the movie that – he just didn't, doesn't realize who he is. and But he's always been, you know, he's like trying to saw his way through the bed or whatever. And all of a sudden he he, he turns on her. So to me, that was an awesome He realizes twist. that like he's lost her, like the love, like she won't. But I don't think, going back after this. And I don't I don't think that was it. It was just because that's his family and he she realizes who his family is. It wasn't anything he did, but it was his, his family. And then all of a sudden uh, it, it, it turns and he's like, she's in here. And then yeah. there was another twist at the end of the movie, which was awesome. Well, there was two. Like, we find back out back. that the deal with LaDamas, I mean, um, I'm sorry, uh, LaBelle is yeah. legit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that scene's fucking outrageous. I love it. I love the whole ritual scene in general. Yeah, yeah, I, I was I was okay with it. I, I I liked the fact that it was that that big pause, and then people start exploding, <laughs> and the music comes on, and downstairs is like burning because of the fight earlier. I guess. Yeah, I, I, guess exactly. I don't know yeah. why they didn't put it yep. out. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I needed the fire, but it was like okay. Yeah, it just um, adds to the intensity of everything going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to touch on Andy McDowell again, real quick. Um. I, I have never seen her in anything where she was not like this sweet, lovable, yeah. gentle, oh, yeah. gentle soul. <laughs> and, and and so it was so much fun to see her in this. And she was still sweet and gentle, yeah. except she just needed to, she, she didn't want to kill somebody, but she needed to get somebody killed right now. And so it was, <laughs> it was like a fun, uh, like contradiction that she, like- she really, she really seemed to genuinely like Grace and, feel like oh man this is a real shame that we have to do this but yeah. it's gotta it's gotta be done like um, when she had the rain John, in her husband she had what when she had the rain in her husband when he was like bugging on she's like you take a minute but just a minute yeah like she had to take yeah. over for a minute there it was nice <laughs> yeah it kind of reminds she felt like just like somebody's mom like a mom yeah. has to be like okay mm-hmm. honey let's settle down um and john your question about alex i the character of Alex really had me guessing all the way throughout because exactly. I think he's supposed. I think he's mostly supposed to be seen as like her ally throughout, and then you have the twists at the end. Uh, but I, I also found myself even earlier than that wondering, is he is he really in on this? Maybe like when he's he's in the servant quarters, you know, inside the walls or whatever, 
and he's like okay go straight down here and then um what stop when you get to the servant's kitchen and and wait there for me or whatever and then she gets to the end of the hall and there's two doors and she doesn't know which one it is and she makes the wrong choice at that moment i was like did he deliberately not tell her what like which door well, I, I realize that now, but at the time, it, it had me guessing. It had me wondering. I didn't notice and, that. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I was probably wrong, but I was just, I was kind of, it, it made me suspicious enough to not fully trust him throughout the movie. And then when he did turn on her at the end, you know, and that, when it was really obvious, yeah. I was like, aha, uh-huh, but not totally surprised. I was kind of like, yeah. I thought you might be a fucker. I thought, I, I thought that was her first big twist. And, and you know, like, him turning on her was just like it blew me away and then all yeah. of a sudden three minutes later people start exploding and helene first that what? i didn't see coming no nah, that the whole thing was legit the whole time right like they, they draw the blind it's done and they're like oh no i, I thought so too i guess it's well, made up i guess the ant the ant one was not unexpected, but everybody else was like, wait, hold on. It's just, it, so, I don't know. I love when Emily runs out of the room with her kids, and nobody wants to see kids die, right? But right. Oh, the three pops? pops? Are you talking you about the three pops? Come back yeah, into the room. Yeah, like the three pops. Camera, you don't see it. But it's just <laughs> I, I appreciate that that was off camera. Yeah, I knew um, you would. Yeah. Um, although that that one kid really was a piece of Georgie. work. Um, the one who shot shot her in the hand, like that yeah, scene. Was oh, Ooh, we didn't talk about like, that. Like where she was climbing up out of the uh, corpses. Oh, she puts it god. into the nail. Oh, oh my god! That's where that the turn happens for her, where she starts like really coming into like. That's where the revenge movie, I feel like, starts coming yeah. in. Right? And yeah. Like, yeah. Really getting yeah, beat yeah. up. And she's like, she's had enough. Like, she's ready. Yeah. She's it's it's like she almost, she almost goes feral in that, yeah. in that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, that scene, again, between her acting and the special effects and, and the nail, the detail, the nail being there, it was like, I was cringing so hard. Yeah. The pit that I mean, she was I could, just in, too, was disgusting. The what that she was in the pit? The pit, yeah, with the goats yeah. and the, I guess Helene's husband from thirty years ago. I don't know. I mean, she suffered. She suffered hard, and I felt it for sure. Well, she fell, and you felt it, and then you saw her like absorbing it, and you're like, "It's gross." Yeah, she bought and she's just like trying to get out of there. <laughs> exactly. and you see the nail, you oh, know it's coming. God. You know it's coming. You're like, "Oh, here it comes." Everything about that scene was so visceral and like really got on. that to me. That was the most memorable scene of the movie for me. I think Samara Weaving definitely, yeah, she pulled those scenes through like with her acting. Definitely, she sold it. Uh, All right, guys. I also sure. love at the end where she gives the ring back to like Alex is sort of exempt, like he's not exploding yet, and then she says, yeah. the she gives back the ring and he just blows up. Yeah, and then when yeah, she yeah, goes yeah, outside. Yeah. The place is burning down. Uh, here comes the bride. Comes back on. Yeah, her dress is black and red. It's not even anywhere near white anymore. I just love how she sits down, smokes a cigarette, and the the first responder <laughs> is like, "What happened to you?" And she's like, "In laws." And then that's it. <laughs> that was funny. 
I mean, yeah. Jacqueline, I, I uh, no, 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 like don't, say don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yeah, you're being recorded. I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> but I do think that was the perfect ending to the movie. And I love mm-hmm. that one liner where she goes, I want to so know that. that. So yeah, that. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, any other major points that you guys wanted to touch on before we wrap this up and give our ratings? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, well, since I picked it, how about I go first? Yeah, ladies, happy birthday. All right. Well, uh, I think I feel like I was kind of hard on this movie and harped on some problems I had with it. I still, you know, I don't necessarily feel better about those problems, but I do, I, I do like a lot about this movie as well. Um, I didn't, I didn't mean to be so negative on it. Like you guys already said, I think it was a really fun movie there's a lot of black humor in it i i agree that it's sort of a crowd pleaser type movie and i feel like it might be a good choice if you have somebody with you who doesn't normally like horror movies but is willing to watch one or maybe wants to try something for the first time Uh, i feel like that might be a good movie to to show them uh like yeah like sharon so um yeah i think it's ow so I think I think it's 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 a lot of good fun. It's fast paced. I was never bored during it. Um, I would probably watch it again at some point in the future. You know, rewatch value is important to me uh, for the best movies. I really like to I like to rewatch movies, but if they're boring, I just don't want to do it. And this was definitely not boring. Good pacing, great acting performances by Samara Weaving and most of the other cast. And um, yeah, not not perfect as John pointed out, but nothing egregious or unforgivable I think like I said I I appreciate the message of you know the the corruption of this family and the willingness of the ultra wealthy to do to like maintain their wealth at all costs I think that's the message we're supposed to pick up from this like I saw like I said I don't think there's much deeper than that it's kind of like something you can summarize in one sentence but uh but still that's that's fine so I think Overall, I'm going to come in at a seven holes in the hand. Whoa. Nice. Hold on. Who's that? Yep. Seven out of ten holes in the hand. I can go next if you want. Go for it. HP, what do you think? All right. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. What's that? Uh, Hot beef, I said. Um, (laughs) I really enjoy this movie I would recommend it Um, I think it's shot really well I think I think the performances are all really well done Uh, the characters even the secondary characters are all portrayed really well and there's just like a it's a cool uh, the family like all the characters you you don't get enough of them in my opinion that's one negative I feel like you could have developed some of them a little bit more but they, they, they service the plot really well and they're fun to watch on screen, you know. Um, Samara Weaving's fantastic as the leading lady, in my opinion. Annie McDowell just being in this, it's great, in my opinion. That, that's a plus. Um, I love the premise, I thought, and the ritual of the Ladamas um, that they have to keep their wealth and their lives or whatever, like their livelihood. It's different, I don't know. Like, to me, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, who doesn't like board games, right? Like when they're a kid and stuff like that. So I do. Yeah, everybody has like a, you don't like board games? 
I love them. I'm 39 um, and I still like board okay. games. And yeah. next year when I'm 39, I will like board games. I just feel like it's different than your usual five years. What's that? Yes. She'll be 39 <laughs> for the next five years. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So I and just I will continue like... to enjoy board games. <laughs> <laughs> Premise wise, I feel like it's just different than your usual revenge film, you know, the yeah. setting and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I like the dark comedy feel in it. I feel like it rides the fine line between dark humor and horror pretty well. Um, I really love the cat and, cat and mouse vibe, you know, like, or the clue that if you were saying, like, vibe sort of homage. I thought the storytelling is all pretty well done. And I just, um, you know, I just really love, a, like I said before, a great female empowerment, like, revenge film. Like, they're just, like, they're fun. To, you know, this is a fun film to watch. I have some some gripes. I think Steven, um, I said before, you know, he got the OnStar thing going pretty, but that's nitpicky, but he got that thing going pretty quick. You know, his obsession with classical music being the cause of the crash was sort of weird, you know, like, of course. Um, there's just a couple of things in the story that feel conveniently there in order to service plot further along, you know, without explaining anything. Yeah. But yeah. this film, it, it runs smooth, you know, so it's, it's okay. You overlook those sort of things because you're having fun while you're playing, you know, watching this movie. So with that said, you know, it's, it's really fun. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5 uh, holes in the hand. Awesome. I, I agree I like with pretty much a, everything. Nirvana, I mean, that, in a Nine Snails song, right? I don't know. 7.5 <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to go look it up now. But uh, yeah, Hyderberg, I think that was a great review. I agreed with pretty much everything you said. Johnny, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I, I feel really good about this movie. Uh, I, I there is problems with it, but <clears throat> everything you guys said was absolutely right. And I'm going to wrap it up real quick with a eight. An eight. Out of ten. Awesome. Yeah. I kind of like it. I kind of like it when we're all in the same ballpark. I didn't think you'd come in as high. I am. I, I was never in an eight, like, but I figured let me allow the conversation to sort of. Like to me, it, me, it, me, like the acting and just everything explained away. You were talking about like um, as far as, you know, the technology or whatever, you know, people flipping around in cars. That's fine. It doesn't bother me. Like for me, it was awesome. Like <laughs> it was fun. It was just like, OK, this is a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And, and you see these these camera shots, you're like, eh, if I'm going to be critical about it, well. No, it's still kind of fun. So I'm going to eight. Eight out awesome. of. Sorry. Eight. You got a hole John's in making, hand. John's making a hole in his hand right now. Oh. So awesome. Uh, yeah. I Like I said, I like it when we're kind of all uh, in the same ballpark. I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're, we're, uni- we're a unified front. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to hear some trivia? I do. All right. Well, before I read you some of the stuff I found online, I will share one uh, minor personal piece of trivia, which is Adam Brody's wife. I think her name was Charity in the movie, the real like ice queen kind of bitchy woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the dress that she was wearing throughout the whole movie, I have it. (gasps) (laughs) Really? And we know what you're going to be for Halloween. I know, right? (laughs) Hold on. Hold on on one second, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, Sharon, yeah. Yeah. Sharon has that dress. No, I don't. Stop it. I said it's beautiful. No, she's she says she has it. I don't have it. 
Sharon has a dress? No, no. He's lying. I'm lying, oh, I guess. Okay. It's beautiful. It's oh. great. It's pretty cool. I have the yeah, I wore <laughs> that I would I would pay money to see Hyderberg. Who wore uh, it better? Yeah. That would be pretty sexy. Uh, I think you might win that one. But yeah, I wore it for my wedding reception, actually. That's awesome. Believe it or not. Crazy, right? Like, sir, it didn't happen. Um, yeah, I'll share it with you as soon as I find it. It's <laughs> it's from a few years ago, but I'll find it and I'll share it with you guys. But right, yeah, it's kind us. of a weird text kind us. of a weird coincidence. Yeah, I will. All kind right. of a weird coincidence though that it was my wedding reception. So wedding. Reception. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, thankfully your wedding went a lot smoother than this one. <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. Thank the Lord. Okay. So here is some other trivia provided by the internet and not my own life. So let's see. So oh, for this movie, Samara Weaving had to be taught how to drive or at least look like she's driving. She can't, really? she can drive. Yeah. So they had to teach her how to at least look like she was driving a car. So I think that's kind of funny because she's like in her twenties, right? Like how does she not know how to drive? Yeah, true. And also, she, yeah, she's Australian, yeah. right? Yeah. What? Yeah, so, that, I mean, Australians drive. Yeah, don't they no, all drive I get like that. Windows? I get that. That's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Trucks, pickups. Uh, they only had five candelabras to use for the set, so they had to keep moving them around to different rooms and hallways when they oh, were shooting. Man. Yeah. Can you imagine being on the production? having to do that and keep track of which one was in which room and which scene it sounds like a pain but i think they did a beautiful job because i loved the sets and the production i thought it was really really nice to look at so i think yeah the aesthetic was the aesthetic was beautiful on that it sets the mood for the movie oh yeah definitely definitely yeah Yeah. and the, the budget was not huge for this the budget was about six million which sounds like a lot but i don't think it's a lot for a movie like it's like that's a fairly low budget yeah, yeah so um, they didn't have they didn't have endless resources to have millions of chandeliers, so they just had five. Techniques at the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Grace's yellow Chuck Taylor sneakers were actually made just for her, um, custom for the film, because Converse does not make that color anymore. Mm. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another piece of trivia, the two writers, uh, Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy, I hadn't realized that this was Ryan Murphy, but he co-wrote it. They cameo in the movie as the crossbow experts when Fitch is trying to figure oh, out how to use the crossbow. Oh, on the YouTube thing. On the yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the screenwriters. So that's Ryan Murphy and Guy Busick. I don't know who Guy Busick is, but I know Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Ryan Murphy from American Horror Story. That's right. So that's kind of a cool, I think that's a cool little That's cameo. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Lodomus family empire of board games is loosely based on the now defunct game manufacturers, Milton Bradley and Parker yeah, Brothers. Nice you guys remember seeing those logos on your board games when you were kids on your like Monopoly well, set or whatever. That one guy's name is Bradley, isn't it? The No, Fitch. Fitch's last name is Bradley, I believe. Was it? Oh. Yeah. So I was wondering well, if it was a nod to that. And I was trying to catch yeah. other names to see if I could put any other game game company names being dropped. Oh, I'm sure it was. I didn't pick up on that, but I yeah, I'm sure it was. Like she, he's like Fitch. I don't like Fitch, the dad, but he's one of us, you know? Meaning I was wondering mm-hmm. if they meant like game game families or something. Like there was yeah. a thing they married into other game company families or some mm-hmm. shit. I don't know. Maybe so. 
Mar Margot Robbie was considered for the role of Grace. Which is <laughs> no interesting because they're they're like I think they look so much alike, but Margot Robbie is several years old, like maybe seven or eight years older, I think. They couldn't mm. afford her. I could see her giving no. a similar performance. Yeah, like, for sure. I think yeah. they're both kind of good for the role. Like I could no, see they, both, the both are wonderful actresses and Again, they couldn't afford Margot Robbie. Yeah, for this I'm movie. yeah I, th I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, they're 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 both fantastic, but again, they're both Aussies, and that yeah, was six million. Samara, she was perfect for the role. Like, I, I totally agree. Yeah, her her emotions were perfect in this movie. So, and Margot could could have done it, but. Again, they couldn't afford her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it would have been kind of a mismatch to have that huge of a star in a, in a small movie like this. And uh, and I, like you said, John, I, I think that Samara Weaving was just perfect. So no yeah. need to no need to make any other choice. Um, the, you know, the word, the chant that they do during the ritual, it's like, I'm going to butcher this. I, I'm going to try to pronounce it. But it's like Shemhama Forash. Uh -oh. It's like a weird word that they're chanting during the uh, during the uh, ritual. Oh, no. It's actually, <clears throat> yeah, it, it means hail Satan in like Levian Satanism. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. Uh, yeah, within Levian Satanism, they use that term, and it basically means hail Satan <laughs> or hallelujah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like it's kind of like subverting or uh, poking fun at like traditional religious. Um, rituals or proceedings so sure. that's where that came from let's see um they used a lot of fog they really liked the fog the production company yeah. was like take it easy on the fog but they were like no we love the fog, <laughs> fog. keep it coming keep it coming hey. it's funny I, I feel like i gotta go back now for a uh, like a fog <laughs> check like was there that much fog i don't even remember Apparently they, apparently, they just really, the production crew really loved fog and they wanted to change Probably during the outside so. scenes on the ground. They fog it up so it looks bigger yeah. and like more mysterious. Yeah. 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 Um, this, I already said the thing about the earlier draft of the script having her die in the sacrifice. Uh, the nail that goes through her hand in that horrible, ugh, oh, cringy oh scene. Gosh. That is actually. That is CGI, and they were okay. worried that it wouldn't look realistic until they saw Samara's performance, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's she got <laughs> oh, it. really, yeah, that's uh, crazy." She, she nailed it. Yeah, uh, she did. Oh, she yeah. totally did. And the show, right there, guys. <laughs> I can't. I can't do any better than that. So uh, that's that is actually <laughs> so wrapping it up. That's it, right? That pretty much is the end of all interesting trivia I had. So. That's all I got. You did awesome, Jacqueline. Thank you. Who, Whose pick, who, who's pick is it next week? I it is That's yours, John. Oh, no, it is. It's Hydroberg. My pick. Yeah. Oh, oh you want to pick little... or social media first? Pick first. Social media. No, last. Pick. Yeah, Just I, pick I want it. to hear the pick. No, all right. I, I so my too. pick is, uh, I believe it's 2006. Uh, it's a James Gunn movie. It's um, Slither. Oh, cool. Okay. It's on Amazon Plus uh, Prime or whatever. Amazon Plus. Okay. Amazon Prime. Cool. Uh, it's highbrow as usual, like most of my picks are. <laughs> I, I can only hope that it's as meaningful and deep as Frankenhooker. 
Or zombie beavers. I didn't or pick zombie beavers. That was not me. I just had a lot to say That's about That's true. It. I did. No, my brother That's did true. because he created our logo. I think zombie beavers makes this podcast what it is today. I think so too. Literally. It's I like, think it's our, like I episode think it's five. I think. Like it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one to beat. All right. So everybody watch Slither for next week and we will be covering that. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Cut Above Horror. You can find us on Instagram at a cut above dot horror underscore review. Or you can find us at a cut above uh, colon horror review on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it creepy.